the sound is dying. Whoa, hey, ring me along. All right. Welcome back once again, friends and foes, and all them alike. This is Unedited Portland, live from downtown Portland at the Sunday Lounge, with an audience this time, which is pretty cool. This is home of my friends, and today we have my new friend, comedian from the Northwest, Barbara Holm. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Welcome, welcome. Um, what do you think of the Sunday Lounge so far? It's just gotten so much more beautiful every single second that we've been in here. Right. They slowly uh, lowered the lights. Yeah. and uh, I'm waiting for the Phantom of the Opera to come out of that curtain. Uh, he does live here. Good. Just so you know. Um, he, he, like most people, retired here young. <laughs> so um, it's, it's pretty useful for us. So that music in the background that I started with was Tenor Saw, Ring the Alarm, a classic reggae tune. Um, there's a whole story behind that tune, if you ever look it up, that's uh, ingrained in uh, reggae culture. It's how uh, they used to do clashes, where music people would fight during a party, basically, and play their music to outplay the other person. And one night, all the sounds died, except for one. And so that guy came on the mic and goes, ring the alarm, another sound is dying. Whoa. It was a little thing. So there you go. Welcome, Barbara, <laughs> to Unedited <laughs> Portland. <laughs> via Jamaica, apparently. Oh, thank you. Um, to let the listeners know, um, you are a currently local comedian. I, yeah, I just moved here. From the Seattle. great northwest Emerald City of Seattle. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I used to hail from there myself. So Seattle? Proper? Yeah. Uh, okay, well played, Washingtonian. No, I was just wondering. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, it's a good card. Uh, for a while, I lived in the Green Lake area, so that's proper. Yeah. But quickly uh, moved to the suburbs of Issaquah. So I grew up in North Bend, you know, like. Oh, outside of Issaquah. Yeah. Like that's where Twin Peaks was filmed, if anybody doesn't know where North Bend is. It's it near Issaquah, but it's like creepy and small. It was filmed there and then outside the Roslyn with the Oasis Cafe, with the moose eating the garbage. Mm -hmm. Wait, no, that's. I'm mixing two shows. Wait, one's Twin Peaks, one's Northern Exposure. Both were like the same oh, era. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one's Northern Exposure. Twin Peaks didn't have the, the Roslyn. Cafe, or did it? No, Twin Peaks had the Twin Peaks Cafe. Okay, okay, but it had the pie and the cows and the yeah. Okay, um, North Bend also home of my my brother's work. Uh, he works at the uh, the outlet there, the uh, Under oh, Armour outlet. Yeah, that's not a great place to right? work. I I don't I think feel. he's necessarily excited oh. about it. Um, at his 22 years of age and freshly out of college to be working <laughs> at, and he's a sports guy, so he's like, well, at least it's sports apparel. And I just smile and nod, you know, which is good for podcasts, smiling and nodding, honestly. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I no. probably do that too much. <laughs> no, you're good. You're perfect. I, uh, I wear that Under Armour even though I'm not like, I don't like work out, but I just like to wear it under all my clothes. Because it keeps you warm, especially like yeah. the last few days, right? It keeps the boys away, you know. <laughs> I'm good at that, <laughs> personally, you know, boys or girls. No one likes me. But um, I was wearing it the other day on the mountain because um, my brother works. ski? I snowboard. Okay. I used to ski. I was just wondering what you're doing on the mountain. I know. Just well, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if I said no? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just hang out on the mountain. You know, it worked. I don't know. Maybe. It worked for Moses, you know. <laughs> it can work for me. Um, I, I actually made a joke about how, I don't, sports reference, I don't know how into sports you are. We'll find out. But the Super Bowl is coming up, and two brothers, our head coaches, are going to play each other. I did hear about this. Okay. So I made a joke on Facebook that said, this is... Uh, the biggest thing since Cain killed Abel 
hashtag sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. Just to get uh, spell checked on the use of Cain and Abel, I mm-hmm. used the wrong one. So um, I'm apparently I just made a Moses reference. I have never really read the Bible, so <laughs> I'm probably you, not. You're like I get all of these from that one uh, Paul Rudd movie where he was. <laughs> wasn't there a Paul Rudd movie where he was Cain or Abel? Oh, you're one. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think you just quoted where I'm quoting this from. I think you're right. I get that's, all where, that's where I know the Bible from. <laughs> I reference it, but it's not because of Paul Rudd. It's actually because of Jack Black. Anything Jack Black and or uh, John Cusack was in, I'll, I'll, that's what I reference everything from. High Fidelity, which had both. Oh, okay. See? So that's obviously ground zero. Yeah. And then it goes from there. So, Okay. We've gone on a tangent. Much further than I expected to. So let me <laughs> rein it back to the unedited Portland script that I've wrote for myself, which is you have already answered the first question, which is typically, are you Barbara Holm from Portland? To which you might say, no, no, but you're originally from Seattle. Um, what was life like up in Seattle? Seattle is like Portland, but not fun. Okay. <laughs> Do you uh, tell? No, but it's okay. It's a nice place that... It's nice, but Portland has a much better comedy scene and everything scene. Okay. Now, um, from kind of getting some information about you so I can maybe do this podcast properly, um, I noticed you've done a lot of online writing and, like, different blogs. and. I try to. Yeah. If um, anyone's listening and wants to hire me, I'm currently unemployed and I'm an okay writer. <laughs> <laughs> not the worst writer. That's my resume. Not the worst. Not the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the the tagline on this podcast's Twitter is sometimes funny. No, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. That's all I really needed was a slight laugh. Um, <laughs> because I don't think I'm always that funny. And so it's like the no seriously like I have to explain to people that no, really, I swear this is funny. Um, more so. Now that you're okay, writer. Uh how did you get into that? Like, what what made you think that, like, I've always thought of myself as a writer, but I've never let anyone read any of it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of this restrictive quality of being a writer if no one reads it, right? Um, well, I was, like, a really shy person. Now I'm super confident. No, I'm not. But when <laughs> I was, like, a little kid, I would, like, I would write constantly, and I would write these, like, really elaborate fantasy dramas with, like, wizards and swords and crap. And uh, one time I was doing it in math class in second grade, and I was like, I, I reread it recently, and I like was literally hacking The Hobbit, and um, and I got called into the principal's office because I wasn't paying attention in math class, okay. and uh, they were, and the principal like read my story, and she was like, "This is like really good and really funny," and then like now I like want to show everybody everything I write because I like the validation. Oh, fully. Okay. Okay. So once you get over the hump of having people read it, suddenly you're addicted to people reading your things. Yeah. But okay. I, s- I don't like reading it out loud very much. Ooh. But okay. I've gotten better at it okay. since I started doing comedy. Okay. Now I can do it okay. And the backspace, kind of, which is a, I don't know if you've been to the backspace. Yeah. I've actually done a show that it's cool. Yeah. So this is owned by the same people, Someday Lounges, and uh, they do a poetry night. And the things people are willing to read out loud <laughs> always surprises and amazes <laughs> me. Because even if I thought something was good, I'd have trouble reading it. Yeah. And not to say that they're reading stuff that's bad. I mean, it's all, that'd be a judgment. Try not to pass judgment. But there's not necessarily a lot of things I would like to read out loud that I hear there sometimes, you know. But people, they uh, they let their soul out in what they write. And they're willing right. to say it out loud, even if it's like 
some type of thought or, or reference that no one else will get. They still say it. And Do you feel the same way about stand-up? Totally. And that's <laughs> why I'm I'm hidden in the in the halls of uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm hidden in the halls of nerddom uh, talking to comedians and not being a comedian because it's easier for me to hide behind all the wires of my computer and post interviews with different funny people than to actually go up, grab a mic, and talk to funny people or yeah. talk to audiences and be funny. But watching it, do you ever feel like you're willing to say that out loud to an audience? Definitely. Oh, definitely. No, I know. Yeah. And, um, and at the same time, then I'm like, wait, that's that whole idea of notes. So I'm like what do I do as an audience member? Like, should I approach them and be like, yeah, all that abortion stuff was just didn't quite work with you. Maybe you should try more walking the dog puppy material. You know, that just seems weird, you know, to, to discount somebody who's willing to say something. So I never say anything. I, I, I'm probably the worst. I'm probably the guy that's like, that was great, man. And not even giving them any type of criticism to help them. I never give anybody criticism. Yeah. They ask for it. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right. How do you take it? If so, has someone, anyone tried to give you notes on your comedy? Or yeah, all the time, constantly. And like people have been doing comedy like a year, or like six months. Are like, hey, I really like this quirky character that you're doing. Um, so I think maybe you should say the word fuck more, or maybe, sir, do we have to bleep that out now? Oh, it's oh unedited no. Portland. Oh no! As I'm quoted to say. <laughs> This is unedited <laughs> Portland where you can say whatever the fuck you want. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Um, I, I do get a lot of advice. Uh, recently, I did this uh, competition, and I don't I don't think the, the gentleman who is going to listen to this, but this guy came up to me, and he was like, hey, uh, so I really like what you're doing. Uh, you're kind of like a girl Woody Allen if Woody <laughs> Allen hated himself even more. Oh, wow. And I said, and because I love Woody Allen, I, I was like, that's so insulting. But because I love Woody Allen, I just said, thank you. And then I just walked away. That's funny. That's funny. Mm. I wonder what Woody Allen would have thought of that. Well, I hope <laughs> that he would be like, she is like me. And then he would cast me in one of his movies. His where next one, Match Point 2. Yeah, Match Point 2. <laughs> 25-year-old girl does something free-spirited with a 50-year-old man. Creepy, creepy. <laughs> now, with that said... That's a Woody Allen plot. Uh, I bet. <laughs> no, it sounds like one, you know? Um, if Okay, so reining it back again because <laughs> I'm losing track here. It's free-form. We had to wait outside. Like, my, my whole timing is off today. So this will be an unedited version of Unedited Portland. So luckily it's in the name title whatever um so you came down from seattle you're originally in seattle what changes about you have you seen in spending your time here in portland has it changed any of your writing has it adjusted your viewpoint your perspective your voice the way you carry yourself is any of this yeah i've become more uh it's weird because like I, I was so, like, crippled with anxiety and shyness in Seattle, and, like, I hated myself so much, and I just thought, that's just my personality, and I'm going to be like this forever. But coming down to Portland, I've become, like, a lot more happy and confident, and I've made a lot of friends, and I, like, have started, like, really caring about a lot of people and liking people. Right. And it's, like... Like, I'm, like, learning how to, like, love and be a human being, and it's, like, oh, like, just Seattle was the reason that I was so, like... Uh, socially stunted. Now, you said you spent time, you were from North Bend. Did you spend a lot of time in the city proper? Like, did you do any of the comedy scene there? 
um, working up to moving here? Were you were you doing the underground clubs and the? Oh, in Seattle. Yeah, like. Yeah, I I was doing comedy in Seattle for probably three years before I moved, and I I went out at least once every night. Wow. Wow. And uh, what's the scene like up there? Like, is it is it varied? I mean, do you have to do a lot of clubs in different suburbs? Is it only downtown centric? Is there certain no, neighborhoods that are better? Like it's fine. It's um, it's different than Portland. It's It might be different now. that I've been down here for a month and a half. It might be different now. But I, I just feel like... Like, it's fun. Like, uh, comedians are having fun, and they're enjoying themselves, and they're having a good time, and that's good. Do you think if the Fremont troll had his way, he would move to Portland? Definitely. I think everyone in Fremont wants to live in Portland, and I don't know why. Maybe they haven't heard of Portland. Maybe we should annex them. Parts of Brooklyn and uh, Fremont, Seattle, and maybe, like, certain hate area of uh, San Francisco, maybe. Yeah. And we'll we'll just claim it for Portland. And we'll collect all that tax revenue. Couple streets in LA. And we'll we'll hire some more strippers and baristas. Yeah. I mean that's that's what the world needs. Yeah. Honestly. More strippers and baristas. It's true. I, if I ran a campaign, it would be on that. Mm. You know, um, one of my jokes on here, I, I tell jokes apparently sometimes, uh, was that the the one thing missing from city hall in Portland is a mayor that's a stripper. Ha. And I didn't, I didn't designate whether it was male or female. I, I don't think it would matter. No. You know? But, um, and I'm not even saying that they were a former stripper. Like, they still strip. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can't get business done at City Hall on Fridays because I got my time at the Magic Garden mm-hmm. or, I don't know, you know, Silverado. Uh, I think that would be hilarious if, if we can move that far to the left where it's like, well, I mean, hom- homie's got to make money. So, um, instead of where we're at now where it's like we got to elect the most likable guy to the city status quo. So nothing's going to change under this new guy, Charlie Hales, and that's kind of frustrating. So I would love to see a, a circus performer or a stripper or, you know, I, I, I can't think of any other outlandish. Uh, but how many strippers are, uh, how many strippers and clowns are like well-versed in political theory? All the better for that for franchise to take mm-hmm. over, I assume. But um, as You're a political an anarchist, s- well, as a political science major. Oh, me too. Really. And communication. And communication. Uh, and is that from UW? Yeah. Okay. What did you think about? Uh, did you go there? I did not. Okay. I I well I went there as a junior in high school to get drunk with a couple of my friends that had recently graduated and were attending there. You were 21 when you were a junior in high school. Uh, for any federal people <laughs> listening to this podcast, of course. Yeah, yeah. I was not 17 and getting drunk on campus at UW. <laughs> and a funny part about that was two of the parties I was at at a young age, cops drove by and didn't do anything with like 200 plus drunk teenagers in front of a sorority slash fraternity house. It was weird. but um, yeah. And obviously half of them were more we're well under 21. That's what that was the other part of like I, I guess maybe we outnumbered them. I don't know. No, I think that they only really like like I I get the idea that it's only like really if it's maybe like a violent or loud or scary situation that they have to intervene. They want to intervene. Yeah. I kind of like that. Like uh, there was a hands-off approach to the Seattle PD that you don't get here with the Portland PD. They're I mean as long as you're white. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably helped. That probably helped. 
Okay, well, um, anyway, I'm a political science major, so I like politics, but uh, I do think that we could venture to have more people from other occupations in that type of role. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, well, then, so you were doing comedy up there for several years. Um, You came down here because you were attracted to uh, the way the comedy... All the boys. What? All the boys. (laughs) Oh, hey-o. Hey-o. How's that going? I'm sorry. I just laughed right into it. No, I was kidding. That's a big lie. It's a big lie. (laughs) It's a big, big, Mm. fat lie. Um... No, I was attracted to, uh, like, like every time I come down here, f- every time I came down here for shows, like, they were just really, really good, and all the comics were really nice to me, and all the comics also seemed to, like, actually want to be comedians, like, right. with their life. Like, in Seattle, like, the comics are just like, oh, we just want to do a set and then get drunk and smoke pot outside, and the comics here are like, like... Uh, like we were talking about Ian, like he like writes all day, and like Shane Torres, like he's like such a, like he thinks about comedy constantly, right? And he watches it constantly. It's like, like they just love it. They love comedy, and I love comedy, and so I think it's a better fit for you in that yeah. sense. It's more all encompassing of a lifestyle here, as opposed to just a thing that you do. Okay, yeah. well that's cool. Um, and I've I've kind of begun to notice that in my short experiment of this podcast since. May of 2012, um, dealing with, I uh, had Sean Jordan on the show, uh, Jamie Dunkel, who was a writer for the previous Chuck and Buck show, and Chuck Fredrickson, when he was running the Chuck and Buck show, Richie Stratton came on the show, um, Grace Sadie, and now you. Um, I've just really seen that a lot of people are excited about the potential for comedy in Portland. Yeah. Um, the notoriety it's getting nationally, uh, the acceptance of it, amongst the clubs that are performing here, like Helium and um, Harvey's to some extent. And and I've had Curious. mixer. Curious. Yeah, Curious is really cool. I like yeah, those guys. I like it too. And then Brody even. Brody's which awesome. Yeah. I had no idea that existed until like three, four months ago. And I don't know why, but that's a pretty cool spot. It's fun. And, um, and then the type of comedy that the comedians are doing, it's it just seems different than what I hear elsewhere. Like... Uh, Sean Jordan has a very distinct voice. Now he Sean Jordan's so himself on stage. He's yeah. such a he's such a good writer and performer and he really he has a very strong voice and I, I love him. My heart is a smile for him. Aw. <laughs> well well it's good to know that you you've both came on. I appreciate that. Um no but Sean Jordan's really good and then I, I love Anthony Lopez's Teenage Mutant so Ninja good. Turtle joke. Like all that. his jokes are so good. Oh, they're all good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one, it, I mean, maybe it sings to me because I collected those toys as a kid, but uh, it, it's a voice that I don't think I would have. When you were a 21-year-old When child. I was a 21-year-old child. I've had friends tell me that I, I mean, I'm old already. I'm, I'm literally old. Mm-hmm. But I've had friends tell me that I'm, like, even older than I am. Like, they're like, man. For the listeners, he's growing a long beard right <laughs> now. Huge long beard. I look it's a lot great. like Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm playing Gandalf in the upcoming film. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Hobbit remake number 14. Yeah, the more than expected <laughs> journey is what it's called. Um, but yeah, so, well, that's cool. So kind of transferring from you specific to the city of Portland and kind of w- what that entails, uh, what neighborhood in Portland do you spend most of your time in? And what do you think about the differences in the different areas of town from like Northwest to Southeast? I currently live in Northwest. Um, I spend a lot of time in Southeast. Okay. I uh, steal your cars from Gresham. No. <laughs> I've never been there, but oh, I well played. Don't know how to drive. No, I do know how to drive. But I uh, I don't know. I I think 
I think if I were to move, maybe... I think that on the east side, it's a little bit easier to get places, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I find it hard. I can't get to northeast very well. Northeast is tough. I live in northeast. Um, yeah, it's kind of in its own little area. Uh, southeast has, like, every bus line goes there. I mean, yeah. The 4, the 14, the 9, and all that. And then the Max itself. And then... Uh, northwest where you're at is kind of also secluded, but it's like the trendy area, you know. Um, if I'm hanging out late night on, on 23rd Avenue, I feel like I need more money than if I'm on Clinton Street. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of that weird vibe as far as, you know, oh, $14 for this cocktail. Uh, okay. And then you go to Clinton Street and it's like, oh, 45 cents for this cocktail. No, it's not that cheap. <laughs> it's pretty cheap. And then you die the next day. Yeah, it's like, true. What was in that cocktail? <laughs> we'll never know. We won't. It expired a long time ago, though. Um, so, yeah, the city, to me, it, it has not only its own characteristics and uniqueness compared to other cities, there are divisions within the city that, um, for, for such a small area, I mean, Seattle is pretty huge. You know, there's, what, 4 million or something in the metro, and here we just brush over 2 million in the metro, so about half as big, yet... There are some very iconic neighborhoods in Portland that are very specific to themselves. Like Northwest is kind of trendy. Southeast is very much more on the organic, uh, you know, recycled cob building type stuff. And then Northeast currently is kind of more commercialized um, as far as like where I'm at, like Lloyd Center. It's it's all commercial. And then um, North has this weird heritage of being uh, a minority base yet that's changed and also used to be low low income and now that's changed yeah. so the identity of portland even that we know is changing and so that's that's always been uh, like maybe it's the poli me, but that's always been an interesting thing to think about is mm-hmm. is the way um portland's changed already and the way it's changing and i was just wondering for someone that's not been here very long or has only been experiencing it for a year or so, uh, where do you think Portland's going in five, ten years as far as comedy? Do you think we're going to see more and more locations opening like the Curious Comedy, or are we going to see uh, more comics coming to town like you did to kind of experience the, the yeah. culture here? Yeah, probably. I feel like, like after I moved... Yeah, I definitely think a lot of more comics are moving here because of the culture here. And I think um and I think and I think there's so many comedians who are like really young and talented who are growing and getting better and better and like 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 there's so many comedians in Portland who are not going for the easiest route and not going for like like the joke about beating women and like right. like they're going for like more artistic like integrity and stuff and I say like too much okay so <laughs> I think that Portland comedy scene is just going to grow and get better as long as people keep trying but it could also like I, I hope that like good people continue to move here and like people continue trying to get better right because i think that the scene has so much potential and i think that the audience deserves it i think the audience deserves portland comedy to reach its potential well i don't know what i'm talking about no i know actually i i actually do know what you're talking (laughs) about and and it goes into a theme that i've spoken about on the show which is um a worry i have about a comedy drain 
um, for Seattle s- has that. Okay, by we ba- lost our audience to New York and L.A. Oh yes, that happened. Yeah, and and um, you know the most recent example for me is uh, Ron Funches, you know, who was a steadfast Portland comic and was always around here. And, and I I remember him at open mics maybe five years ago and going, oh that guy's hilarious. He's going places. Yeah. And everyone accepted him in the community. And then he started going and visiting L.A. and doing some more sets in L.A. and did a Conan and it just, the ball just And he did Conan. And so (laughs) he, uh, it was all, it was obvious that uh, his life was in a transition. It was on a course that was going to obviously take Ron Funches to L.A. Because he's a genius. Because he's hilarious. Yeah. And um, I was worried following that event that is this the mark of comedy in Portland? Is this the direction we're comedy going? Comedy everywhere. Is that it's always just to be big enough to be in a media hub or in a, a spot like New York yeah. or L.A.? But Portland is getting like, like uh, there's more opportunities in Portland now than there were five years ago with all the clubs in Portlandia. But... Uh, eventually, everyone will have to move to New York or LA if they if they want to have a career in this. In this, and and that's kind of where I'm at is is asking, is that completely true? Or if, if what you were saying earlier about meeting the potential of the comedy in Portland, could there be a career for somebody to tell jokes and be a funny in Portland with like your talent, where you're doing writing online, which doesn't necessarily require you to be anywhere. It, could we somehow form that to where people wouldn't have to leave and still be popular? Or is that, is that a, a falsehood? It's not, it's not possible really. It's well, I don't know if that is possible. Um, there would have to be like more, there would have to be much more opportunities here. Like there's definitely a lot of amazing comedians in Portland who are able to like, uh, do like, quirky alt shows in town and then go on the road and do road work and make money that way. Right. And then they're able to be a comedian that way. But I think that like for someone like me who wants, who's my dream is like to write on Fallon or Conan or SNL and I will have to move to New York if I want any of those things to come true. Very true. Yeah. Other than Conan, you'd move to LA. Yeah. But um, formerly it would have been New York, but Mm -hmm. then I guess Fallon wouldn't have been a thing if he... (laughs) <laughs> um, well, that's and that's really cool. Uh, so, did you grow up watching SNL as a kid? Yeah. Uh, habitually. Yes. Which era of SNL is your favorite? I I really started getting like obsessed with it when like Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon were on Update. Okay, that's a pretty solid era. Yeah. Um, I assume I don't know necessarily specifics, but I assume I'm a little older than you. Um, and so I I'm 25 if anyone cares. Okay. Hey, I'm 31 if anyone cares. <laughs> um, so not too many years, but I have a few years. So I saw the transition from the heavy hitters. That was the, uh, just before Chris Farley phase. It was like, uh, Dennis Miller and not Chevy Chase. Cause he left before I was born, but, uh, the Dennis Millers and the Eddie Murphy's and, and that era was just hilarious to me as a kid. Yeah. Very impressionable on me and uh, I was like oh this is funny and this is like the sketch and making these crazy characters and Christopher Walken always coming on and just killing it and then it evolved into a different era that kind of slowed down to me I thought and they were trying some weird stuff with like uh, where they had uh, Sarah Silverman came on for a season with uh, 
which who I think's hilarious, but it didn't quite fit. And then um, who's the weird? The, there's a mark of one. It's uh, Robert Downey Jr. Is the the quintess him and not Anthony Jeselnik, but he looks like Anthony Jeselnik. It's like the guy from like the Sixteen Candles and stuff. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. So it's Anthony Michael Hall and uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. joined the cast, and it was like the whole show just plummeted. And I I watched like one or two episodes for that year, and was like, this is this killed it, you know. And I thought for sure it was going to get canceled. And somehow with the David Spades and the Chris Farleys, and then the era of Phil Hartman and it just skyrocketed for me. And then once they added Will Ferrell, uh, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen mm-hmm. for a while there. And just really, you know, I, I was in the same boat. I used to write comedy and notebooks and, and then during family reunions put on funny plays where I would portray um, a different character of, from the family, um, most famously playing my grandpa who uh, talks to everybody. Like mm-hmm. he'll go to a supermarket and be like, talk to somebody for five minutes and then tell us about how the checker went to work at the sawmills before she was a checker and she grew up in Iowa and and all this stuff and and so I I I had this grasp on comedy and performance of comedy and then lost it somewhere in uh the mix of growing up and um but now I notice that that's a thread line I have in common with comedians is my love of of comedy writing and of uh comedy shows like SNL and and um, and that's really cool to me because that means I'm on some track that's accurate for me as mm. far as being funny or being around people that are funny is that the love of what other funny people do is really important. And yeah, res- I, I definitely agree. I think that respecting the art form is probably the most important thing. Like, because there's a lot of people who are funny, but if they're not like in love with comedy, then how are they going to commit to something that's this? hard and stressful right and personal you know it's very personal you know and i think that's probably in all honesty is what keeps the majority of people away from comedy is what they think is funny to them that's their voice is so personal that it's easier to just write it down and keep it hidden yeah and um you know i i'm i'm reaching out a little bit through this podcast i and i have my other podcast now that i'm i'm producing and so my voice is getting out there more and more and and so there's more recordings of me attempting to be funny. And and so that's helping as far as my psyche of going, well, I'm doing something. You know, I'm not showing up at open mics and uh, as much as people have told me I should. Um, but I'm still impressed with the scene that's here. And, and I love to go to open mics and watch. And I love to go to the competitions when everyone's at their best. And... Um, and I, and I agree that, yeah, the, co- the comedy scene here is great. And, and the potential is, is, you know, endless. It, yeah. re- it really, I mean, other than financially, um, there's no real competition for it. Um, you know, other than L.A. and New York just pay you more dividends for the sport, you know. Um, but I, and that, makes me, and that ma- makes me excited that for people that are inside baseball, inside the comedy world, they're, uh, they're enjoying um, spending their time here. And, you know, I hope all of them make it. I, I just hope that if they do make it and they leave, that somebody else helps fill that void so that... Yeah, there will always be new comics trying it. Like, there's always going to be someone who's going out for the first time at every open mic. Right. And, and that's funny that I'm the one that's all worried about the degradation of the comedy scene here, but everyone that I've had on this show who's from the comedy scene says it exactly as you did. That, oh, no, yeah, people leave. And then psh, new people are here all the time. Who cares? You know? Have a shot. Who cares? You know? <laughs> so. 
and then they come back. Like, Ron was just back a couple weeks ago. Exactly, yeah. And I, I freaking had tickets to that show. I hosted that show. I you missed it. It was a, wait, I, which one? The, the Funny Over Everything? No, at the Hollywood Improv. Or the Hollywood uh, Theater. Hollywood Theater. Which is the funny over everything. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I, okay, so I would have seen you I too. I don't even know the name of I it. I actually <laughs> bought, bought four tickets to that. I had my friend in line to go. I cook at the Shanghai Tunnel, and it was like a Saturday night or a Friday night, and we were slammed. Yeah. And I was supposed to get out of there at 8, and I did not get out until like 9.30. And I shot my way there just to see Matt Bronger, and that was it. Oh, well, he's worth it. He was worth it, and it was his night. Yeah. But um, I mean, fun. Uh, he hadn't done any. He did all new stuff to me. Like I hadn't seen any of that before. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good material, and I, I had only seen the bits he did at the very end when he asked for requests. So, and then I think you came on at the end and thanked everyone. I was like, oh, it was hosted. That's what I was hosting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which was really cool. But I did catch you at the um, funnier on the inside that Chris Hardwick uh, dropped in on it, and that was pretty funny. So. Thank you. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was pretty funny. It was, uh, that was, was good. Okay. No, you're good. Uh-huh. That was a weird room. It was so packed and it's yeah. so tight and small. Well, it's packed because Chris Hardwick tweeted about it. Right. Okay. And it's a Doctor Who themed bar. <laughs> right. And the nerdists enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, um, despite technical difficulties, we've made it through to the, the end of this podcast. We're now. Yay. Uh, we get to play uh, fastest growing in popularity game, Questions with Mikkel. I'm, I'm going to lose all of these questions. You are, and you've already prefaced me on... Um, I don't know anything about... Your lack anything. of sports knowledge. So I'm actually going to alter an order here to, to give can you... Ju- can all these questions be about Buffy? Like all yeah, of them? All of them? I mean, I did not know about your affinity of Buffy until <laughs> about 10 <laughs> minutes before I bumped into you because... I saw your like letters to Buffy, and I did letters to Buffy dot dot com. Anybody wants to <laughs> read about me? <laughs> read about my life. Well, I do like Mr. Weedon. I'm I'm a fan of Weedon's work, so I enjoy that. So, all right, questions with Mikkel. Um, first question, and and technically, I would think this is an easier one, but I don't know, especially we'll someone new out. to Portland, and so I don't want to make judgment like that, but. Nike is a very large company, and it's based here in Oregon in Beaverton. But there is another shoe apparel company that's based actually within the confines of the city of Portland. Do you know what other major international shoe manufacturer has their North American headquarters here? You went with Reebok? And did you turn off your mic at the same time? No, it's still on. (laughs) It's It's still still on? on. Okay, um... How do I want to do this? I'm actually going to, technically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept it because it's Adidas. Oh, God, I should have said that. But four years ago, Adidas purchased Reebok. So in some weird I sense, you're, you're technically <laughs> accurate because Adidas bought Reebok. So Reebok's North American headquarters are here in Portland. So well played. I didn't expect that answer, but that is true. So um, good job. I, it's Adidas, though, but still. It it works. If you applied to Reebok, you would end up working at Adidas. So same thing. All right. Well, um, moving on. I was going to carry that question on into my sports-related question, but I'm going to skip that. No, go ahead and ask it. No, I'm going to ask it. But I'm going to give you a shot at another question you might get right. Timberwolves. Wait, is that it? Did I get it right? No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) But it's the only thing about sports I know. Well, okay. You're thinking the Timbers. 
damn it. And the Timberwolves <laughs> are the Minnesota uh, basketball <laughs> franchise. So well, well played. I like that. But it's very tim- it's Timbers-esque. But uh, we'll go to this third question first, and we'll go back to that one, hopefully, if you get this one right. Are you a beer drinker? Do yes. you enjoy beer? Okay. Do you know, and it, it's recently been purchased by a different company. You don't have to know that. But what major Seattle beer label purchased the Portland Brewing Company in 2004? And I'll give you a hint. They have a large brew pub right down near all the stadiums. Elysian? Oh, they do have a brew pub near the stadiums. It is not Elysian. Do you have a second guess before I move on? Is what it whatever company makes Rainier? No, that's okay. Miller now. But I do miss Rainier. I remember when the R got taken down. That was really sad. And they put up the big green tea. Mm-hmm. That was depressing. Um, all right. Well, what the was an- it? The answer is Pyramid. Oh. The Pyramid Brewing I wouldn't Company. Have done. That would have been like my 10th guess. Right. <laughs> and apricot Ale is pretty good, though, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a solid one. All right. Well, and just, just for fun of it, I mean, you've lost already, but it's <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's a tough game. What can I say? Um, do you know the name of the newly christened women's soccer team that's going to play here in Portland? And to set you up, instead of calling it Portland Blah, it would be better to call it the Rose City. Someone told me this, and I was just you like... You said you're a feminist, so I thought yeah, maybe... Someone was talking to me about it, and I was just like... Like and you're a female comedian in, yeah. a, in a male-driven comedy world. I was trying, s- and, and I just and these women so are trying to, to break the, the glass grass ceiling of the soccer. The grass ceiling, <laughs> the grass floor. <laughs> okay. uh, um, What's the most dangerous part of a rose? The thorns. Oh, is it the thorns? Portland just gave it to me. Rose <laughs> City thorns. Yeah, it's not exactly a high-stakes game, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Someone told me that, and I, I think my brain was like, oh, sports reference. You don't need to know this. <laughs> Save this part of your brain for X-Men stuff. Exactly. Do you, do you know the uh, world champion women's basketball team in Seattle? The Storm? Are they world champions? <sighs> Isn't it the rain? Well, it used to be the Storm anyway. But are Seattle Storm? Seattle Rain? Seattle Storm? Seattle Rain? Seattle I think Seattle Storm. You might be right. I think you're right. Okay. But I didn't know they were champions at anything. I think they've been like three-time champions Good or something. Good for them. Yeah. They're the only people to bring a championship to Seattle outside of the Supersonics in 1977 and the Seattle Metropolitans bringing home the Stanley Cup in 1919. There you go. Very first Stanley Cup, actually. All right. There you See, go. See, I didn't even hear what he said. Like I know. It just, he was talking and, <laughs> and that my brain just was like, hmm, think Think, think about it's Buffy. Just I, think I, about I it. I have that effect on women. <laughs> <laughs> I think every time I'm talking to ladies, they're like, God, what would Buffy do in this? <laughs> Probably stab him in the heart. I mean, that's what she was really good Are at. Are you a vampire? I guess it's not direct sunlight right now. I know. Well, I am from Denmark, and we, or well, my family is, and so we get mistaken for vampires a lot because we're very pale. We're pale creatures. I like Denmark. Like, I, like, I like their political system a lot. Right? The, the my chain on my glasses fell off. The, the open egg yeah. Well, before you get too uncomfortable, then, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Um, <laughs> your plugs portion is now. Uh, technically, you have BarbaraHome.com, correct? Yes. And follow me on Twitter, at Barbara underscore home. Okay. Um, and your Buffy blog is yeah. a link is available at thebarberhome.com. Definitely. I write for this wonderful show called Late Night Action with Alex Falcone at the Action Adventure Theater that's running for three more weeks. This is going to be up like 
today, right? Tonight, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like a talk show, and he interviews like Portlandy people, and uh, it's very fun. It's a very good talk show. It's very high quality, and Alex is an amazing comedian, and that's, that's it. That's a good thing. All right, well, um, my plugs of this is obviously this podcast is available at uneditedportland.com and is now part of the Knowledge Multimedia Podcast Network. Yay. Which I made up. <laughs> All right. And now it is time for my favorite part of the show. Let me get my musical interlude prepared. All right. And um, this is called the arbitrary question. Now, this question is designed for you to get wrong. One person in the history of the show has gotten this question right. You could be the next. It was right here in this very spot where that happened. So you could you could. Was it a comic? Uh, no, it was a promoter. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's the question. What occupation is the most Portland? What occupation is the most Portland? I think that it is unemployed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, stripper, beer drinking, coffee barista. Oh, wow. That is a really great answer, Barbara Holm. Unfortunately, the actual answer today is bike messenger. <laughs> and it's because they have a hipster-related apparel named after them, the messenger bag. So, uh, Barbara Holm, I really appreciate your time here today. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Appreciate it.